and welcome to OUA In Conversation. My name is Justine. And I'm Griffin. Thank you so much for joining us. Justine, one of the biggest weekends in sports just happened, the Super Bowl. Did you watch? How did you enjoy the game? I did. I did. Although I must admit my favorite part is always the halftime show. Um, But yeah, it was a really close game. Really exciting, exciting stuff. And two teams. It's so crazy. Stafford was on like one of the worst teams in the league last year. And now he won the Super Bowl and the Bengals were one of the worst teams in the league last year and they were in the Super Bowl. So great game. How did you, how did you enjoy it? Yeah, no, I just watched it with my family, kept it small this year, you know, but uh, yeah, I thought it was, well, the game itself I thought was actually not not the most exciting one that we've ever seen, but the storylines were great. Like you said, Justine, inspiring for us all, I think. And speaking of inspiring, back a little closer to home, we do have our great OUA student athletes. They're back, Justine. We've got results to report on. So amazing. So happy for all the student athletes that they're able to be back out there on their field of play. Yeah, and we've got a lot to catch you up on. Uh, I guess we'll start with men's basketball. The Brock Badgers beat the Windsor Lancers and remained undefeated on the season. They're at the top of the Western Conference, while in the East, Canada's basketball capital, Ottawa and Carleton, both are atop the standings at a perfect 8-0. And in women's basketball, there was a nail-biter in Sudbury on Friday night as Laurentian hit a shot against Carleton with barely a second left to pull out a 61 to 59 victory and then brock and the rams are both still undefeated in their return from the break as the badgers took down windsor while the rams took down york a couple times in a battle of the toronto schools yeah meanwhile justine if we move over to the hockey side queens is still the top team on the men's side of the rink as the gale men's hockey team has a record of nine one and one while U of T reigns supreme on the women's side with the Varsity Blues, they've got a record of 8-0-2-1. What, what, a, what a record there. A lot of numbers in these <laughs> hockey records. Yeah, um, four whole columns. And in women's volleyball, the Brock Badgers um, are also undefeated at 7-0. While in the East, U of T remains undefeated at 6-0 while the York Lions are close second at 6-1. and one. And finally, men's volleyball. It's the McMaster Marauders in the first place at 7-0 and in the West after two victories against the Western Mustangs this past week. While in the East, the Nipissing Lakers are leading the way at 6-0. and Justine, a lot of different schools represented in our, in our good teams this week. For sure. Love the competitiveness and love that there are a lot of different schools represented and that student athletes are back out there loving, doing what they love to do. And um, it's, it's great to see. We love to see it. And I'm excited for the playoffs and the, the push for the playoffs also. Yeah, they're coming up very soon. But speaking of student athletes, we've got a great one on the show today. Our guest today is a leader in her community. She's a multiple medalist at the OUA championships. And she also just happens to be the president of the Mustangs Athlete Student Council. Please welcome to OUA In Conversation, Joan Chen. Joan, thank you so much for joining us today. Hi, guys. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited. <laughs> yeah, we're so excited to have you here. I don't think we've ever had a swimmer on the podcast before, so we're uh, breaking some new ground yet again, making OUA in conversation history here today. Making a, a splash, if you will. Um, but um, Joan, so I wanted to know, how how did you get into swimming? Yeah, I guess um, it was one of the sports that my parents had me try when I was really young, and it was the one I felt the most comfortable with. I was just 
always liked the feeling of being in the water. And um, when I was growing up, it's something that I kept going back to, you know, the other sports didn't really suit my strengths, like soccer, or volleyball, I was always running in the opposite direction of everyone else, you know, trying to avoid the action. So swimming was kind of the best fit for me. So this is like a kind of a random question. But like, I don't know, you said you always kept going back to the water. Are you a Moana fan by chance? <laughs> I Okay, I might get a lot of hate for this, but I think Moana was my first Disney like princess movie. So yes, I am a fan. Okay. But people were probably really surprised to know that I've only maybe watched like three princess movies ever. Oh my gosh. And which three were they? <laughs> which three? I That's okay. Because people, people watch different things growing up. But like, I need to know which three they were. Yeah. So I think Moana was first. Okay. And then Frozen, which is, you know, everyone at this point. And then Tangled, which I really enjoyed. And I thought, you know, kind of a lesser known one. Oh, and I've watched Mulan as well. I feel I I love Mulan, but you know, because she doesn't sing as much. I kind of just slip my mind. But I guess those four are my only yeah. Disney princesses. We've got some some of the new generation, some of the classics mm-hmm. in there. I think that's a good mix. Those those new ones are good. Moana's a great movie. Um, Justine, were you asking that because she like quoted the song? Yes, of course. Yeah, she like quoted the song, and she's like into like the water, and I was just like, wait, it's. It's giving Moana vibes for me. um... Well, one thing that we know that those Disney movies teach is the spirit of teamwork, Justine. And Joan, uh, you have a lot of success over the history of your Western career in relays, which really uh, stood out to me. What do you like about swimming in a relay as part of a team? Yeah, that's a great question. I think a lot of people forget that swimming is a team sport, first and foremost, because most of the time we do compete individually. And even though you know, we train together as a team, we win points for the team, we celebrate as a team. The relay is really the buildup of each competition where we get to uh, feel like we're not just racing for ourselves, but you know, we have the whole team supporting us behind us. And it's such an honor to be chosen to be on this team. Um, So, you know, there's no better feeling when you're getting ready for the race and you have three of your teammates with you and you're hyping each other up and getting excited it's a completely different atmosphere and mindset than an individual race so I've been really lucky to have really supportive teammates and coaches to allow me to be a part of these relays and you know we've been lucky enough to get a couple medals along the way (laughs) and do you have a preferred uh leg so I don't know if that's a it's if that's a track term like do you have a preferred order like do you like swimming first or last or um like what kind of like, do you have more adrenaline after you've already swam, like you've gotten out of the water and you're like screaming more, or is it just like you're screaming the whole time? Yeah, for sure. I would say, um, you know, I think every coach kind of has their own strategy for how they order the relay. So I usually just trust what they do. But as I've gotten older and I guess more senior, more seniority on the team, um, my coach has given me more of a say. And I do like going near the end because, you know, um, you feel the adrenaline, either you're chasing someone down or you're trying to keep someone else from overtaking you. And it's just like the mind game of it. You know, <laughs> it's really intense. <laughs> uh, clearly a fierce competitor. You you mentioned that it's very different from swimming an individual that like, is it different when you're in the water swimming your part? Do you have any sort of different approach when you're swimming a relay as opposed to an individual? Or is it more just like in the way that you've got a team there to support you and things like that? I think both for me because I swim short distances I mostly do sprints so my races are a minute or less Um, a lot of it is mental 
because you at that point at the championships you just have to trust your training and believe that you've already done all the hard work and now it's just whatever you can pull out on the day of because you know we train almost the entire year for that one weekend to put it all out there and show everyone what we've done um so definitely mental game i think is a huge difference when it comes to individual and team events some people are really good at staying focused you know they visualize their race they have a whole routine um but i think when it's a relay team you want that energy coming out of everyone it's bouncing off of all your teammates and pretty much no one is quiet in that period even if they're like the most um you know in their moment type of person for an individual race um, everyone's screaming and cheering jumping up and down for the relays it's a whole different mindset i would say and um is there one specific obviously you've had tremendous success but is there one specific race you remember either at western or maybe in uh your career like in high school or before western that like sticks out to you that was just like so intense it was back and forth or like one um accomplishment like moment that you were not most proud of because it's really hard to pick but just you just you still remember that feeling still yeah for sure um at the most recent OUA championships which would be two years ago from now it was the final race of the whole meet and our western ladies we were I think it was like two points behind McMaster or something and we were all going for that second medal second place finish as a team um which for most of us, you know, we consider the team standings more important than our own accomplishments because it's all about um, having this glory and um, the feeling for who you're representing. And so, you know, we went into this race knowing that if we were to beat them in this last relay, that we could tie with them in the overall standing. And this is the end of a three-day meet. Everyone's tired, everyone's cheering, but um, it was really down to the four of us to bring it home and um, you know so much was going on there's tons of people on the pool deck you're hearing coaches this side and parents on the other side and um, we also had one of our team members was graduating this was her last OUA race ever you know we really wanted to do well for her Um, and we ended up I think just edging out McMaster and we tied with them for that silver team medal which um, it felt really great not only for the relay, the four of us, but, you know, all of the girls on our team, only 18 can represent during the meet, but, you know, we train with over 20 of them every day, and it really felt like a team effort, and, you know, their energy and their support helped us in those last few minutes of the whole competition, so that's definitely one that I think about. also happens to be one of my last races (laughs) before the pandemic, but um, that was really special. Yeah, and you talked about... uh just wanting to win that for your teammate and all that. You're now in your fifth year with Western. So how has your like uh, role within that group, like you said, of 20 girls evolved from when you were a first year swimmer to a fifth year now, and you've become a real leader in the team and in much more, which we'll get to. <laughs> yeah, um, I definitely came into university pretty shy. You know, I was um, really focused on my academics and I struggled, you know, I was lost coming from a little high school to university with like 30,000 people on campus and um, it was really overwhelming and I was really fortunate to have uh, older teammates and coaches and people that, you know, were there to guide me to teach me some of their uh, stress management tips or study tips, some 
hacks, you know, where to get the best food on campus, things like that. And it was really just getting as much advice or meeting as many people as I could um, and having the opportunity to learn from them when I was younger. Then as I got older, you know, I started to accumulate and, you know, absorb all of the advice that I had received and try to share the love and, you know, pay it forward and help those who came after me. And especially because I'm studying engineering, you don't meet too many engineering students in varsity sports, I think, especially on our team, we usually only have one or two in each year. So, you know, we come into university right away with a lot of class, like way more than you would expect coming from high school. And it's a lot to adjust for people. So I really put a lot of my focus on helping them with their adjustment into the university lifestyle, into the new schedule, um, finding ways to balance our practices with their classes, finding time to sleep, which is not always easy. And now I feel like you know, I've gained some confidence now that I'm in fifth year. Um, I have a toolbox of habits and skills that I've learned over the years that I can now pass on. And I'm like, you know, leaving my, um, almost like leaving my little gifts to the people as I finish and um, just trying to be there the way that the upper year swimmers were there for me when I first joined. So I'm definitely sad to be leaving, but I'm also happy with the, I guess, the way that I'm leaving the team and the friends that I've made and all of that. And in terms of you were talking about um, that you're studying engineering. So I was just wondering, and as you enter this kind of next phase of your life, like what are you hoping to do with your education? Nick, do you have a dream job or kind of what is the next step for you if you know because at the same time too if you don't know that's totally okay because I don't think any of us really know what <laughs> we're doing you know <laughs> yeah um I'm moving on from the education scene you know I've had my time I've tried to learn as much as I could I'm ready to put it to use so moving to the big city downtown Toronto and I'm going to be working in an engineering consulting firm so um, I think it's a really great fit for me because over my time in university, I kind of figured out not exactly what I want to do with my career, but, you know, the types of skills or experiences that I want to have. So, you know, I love meeting people and solving problems and having these hands-on experiences and being able to see my work pay off, right? Um, so in my next job, I'll be kind of helping like small, medium-sized businesses improve whatever they're trying to do. Um, you know, it'll be a quite challenging, I think, but I'm ready for the next step. Hopefully I've learned a couple things along the way at Western. And one of the things that, of course, you've uh, accomplished at Western is your great role as the president of the Mustangs Athlete Student Council. Uh, obviously a very important position. I guess we'll go back to the beginning. How did you first get started with the MASC? Yeah, so I think I first heard about the group in my first or second year. Um, there's a great mentorship program that MASC helps to run by pairing upper years with first year students in the same faculty, but from a different sport. So they can kind of um, learn some tips and tricks and have someone that they can talk to that, you know, not someone that they have to see every day at practice. Um, so that's kind of the first place that I learned that this group existed. And I became more interested just attending some meetings and hearing about what they do and um, then you know, I felt like they were really doing something important, not only in our school community, but also in the London community. They organize a lot of our student athletes to give back and volunteer in different areas. Um, so I was really interested in that aspect of helping people, you know, providing opportunities 
for people to try something new, to um, exchange ideas, give back. So I became more involved over the years. Um, the first time, and so last year, I was the vice president of local initiatives. So I was figuring out ways that, you know, throughout the pandemic, our student athletes could reach out to people in the London community and pinpoint what areas we could help with. So um, I organized a pen pal initiative with a senior home. We exchanged some letters. Um, you know, a lot of seniors maybe felt lonely during the pandemic. They couldn't see their friends or see their family as much. So it was really sweet. We got a bunch of student athletes write handwritten letters. Um, they sent artwork, photographs, talked about themselves, asked questions. And um, I thought, you know, that was a great way to engage with the people around us. You know, often student athlete, athletes think about university as just a city or London is just a city that they're in for a couple of years and then they move on. But really, you know, four years is a pretty significant amount of time. So, you know, we should be engaging and learning about the areas that we're in. So um, in my role, we also organized a clothing drive. Um, usually we do other things in person as well that were suspended during the pandemic. But for example, um, volunteering with Boys and Girls Club or Recess Guardians, we host elementary school kids to come to Western and experience like a you know, semi-professional sports game. And it's really exciting. Um, so I'm excited for those things to come back once, the, you know, the COVID situation settled down a bit. But I really think MASK is doing great work. And um, I'm fortunate to have a bunch of, you know, people, leaders who came before me to show me the possibilities for the group. And I'm really excited for the things that we've done this year and also for what's to come in the future. Exciting stuff. I love that pen pal idea. Oh my goodness. That is so sweet. I love that. Um, and we were also just wondering like, how has your role, like you kind of touched on it there, but how has your role changed within the pandemic? Like how, um, what kinds of things have you brainstormed maybe that maybe haven't been put into action yet or um, how have you been able to kind of maintain that bond with the community despite the pandemic? Yeah, I think a big part that changed during COVID was the mindset of our group. You know, um, we've had these traditions, these activities and events that um, we had every year for the past, I don't know, five, 10 years maybe that we can't do all, anymore all of a sudden. So um, it was a chance for our team to be more creative, you know, think of things that are needed right now, not just because we did them in the past. So um, doing virtual events or having social media focused campaigns was something new that we did this year, especially with our EDI committee um, as well. And another thing that was really important to me that changed for student athletes was the social aspect. and especially last year when everyone was studying at home and going to virtual classes and not being able to train together. I think it had a big impact on the mental health of our student athletes. So that was a new gap that opened up for our student council to address. Um, so we wanted to have um, like virtual meetings where you could meet people from different teams, um, play like a little silly game online, talk about things that you're experiencing. And we also have a really prominent SAMI chapter at Western. Um, SAMI stands for Student Athlete Mental Health Initiative, and there are different chapters at universities across Canada, but I'm really proud of the work that the Western team has done. They organize monthly check-ins just to get the conversation flowing with student athletes about what they're going through, you know, um, really show them that 
it's okay to, you know, go through these ups and downs and we're all in this together. You're not alone. Um, they also introduce different de-stressing tips, um, how to cope with the pressures of school, um, things like that. So we've been really lucky. We've had so many amazing executives work with me. You know, it's not just me. <laughs> well, yeah. And speaking of those other executives, obviously, this is your last year at as the uh, president of the mask. Um, and I was just wondering, you're going to have a successor. I'm not sure if you know who it will be yet, but what would be something that you would really hope that they would be able to take the ball that you have given them and really just run with it and continue to grow? Yeah, we're, we don't have the council for next year yet. We're actually in the process of the application process. So if any Mustangs hear this, you should apply. <laughs> um, thing that I would say is my achievement so far as my in my term as president is um, starting our EDI committee. And that's something that I really hope the next mask president will continue to support. You know, they don't have to be the one leading it, but I do think an important group on campus to, um, you know, challenge the way that we've been thinking or talking to each other. Um, and hopefully the foundations that the group has set this year will um, carry forward into the future. We started new initiatives like implementing mandatory training for our student athletes about things like anti-racism, microaggressions, bias, intersectionality. Um, and I would love to see that go even further, you know, having in-person discussions around these topics, not just like a one-way training video that you watch and then answer some quiz questions. Um, so I've been having conversations with our EDI educators at Western on our campus to see if there's ways that we can grow this area for our student athlete community um, as well. Just having open dialogue between the coaches, student athletes, administration. Um, I've been really fortunate to meet all of our leadership team at Western and they're all super supportive of our student athletes. You know, they want to hear what we're feeling and uh, know what we're doing so they can have the best ways to support us. And often, you know, student athletes don't see the full picture of what goes behind a decision, especially during the pandemic, you know, there were so many uncertainties, we weren't really being told maybe what a lot of people wanted to know, like, you know, the exact date that we could go back to training, like, where's our money being spent if we're not able to train, things like that, you know. Um, so I think it's really important to have open communication. And I think the mask president should, you know, keep looking for ways to improve this aspect of our community. Um, I think it would help mental health it would help um, like social connectivity um, yeah. for sure yeah definitely a variety of things that um, are all kind of as you said like intersectional all connected um, and I was wondering too you had mentioned about um, the training videos and how they're super educational and great but they are one way so I was just wondering have you um, maybe taken on a bit more of a leadership role within your team or have you had any like in-person uh, conversations or maybe discussions about these topics to kind of help further educate or have any like guest speakers or whatnot um, just in following up with the the training aspect? Yeah so what we're hoping to implement starting next school year is to have each team identify um, maybe two or three kind of EDI captains or team leads to be the ones to facilitate these tough conversations, like you mentioned, within their groups. Because obviously, like Western, I think we have 1,200 student athletes, something like that. So it's a huge number of people to reach. And um, it can't be done just with the one-way videos, like you mentioned. So starting these conversations within each team, within each group, is 
what we're hoping the next step will be. Um, Western has been organizing monthly workshops on different topics. So right now during Black History Month, they're having guest speakers come in and, you know, start these conversations that make people think outside of their own experiences and see beyond their own point of view, because there's so many identities out there that have unique experiences and challenges that I think are really important for people to recognize and support, you know, um, obviously the goal is for everyone to have equal opportunities to, you know, resources or support, um, you know, financial aid, job opportunities, the list goes on, but, um, you have to start somewhere, right? So that's what I've been trying to accomplish within my role so far. Having, I was also wondering, Joan, having grown up um, a swimmer, I personally don't know too much about the environment, but I was just wondering um, what kind of an environment it was growing up. Is it a diverse space? Um, I like personally, I was super inspired this past Olympics, having seen Maggie McNeil and how amazing her performance was. Um, but yeah, I was just wondering, like, kind of what kind of environment uh, was it growing up? And were there any swimmers that inspired you? So growing up, I don't think I saw many successful Canadian swimmers that looked like me. Um, and I didn't have really role models that I was focused on within the sport. But obviously, there are tons of women and people of color doing amazing things um, in other areas. Um, you know, I've also always been really focused on my academics. So, you know, seeing feats like new science technologies come out or accomplishments in other sports or art were all things that I, you know, wanted to expose myself to. But I think within swimming, at least for a lot of my time as a swimmer, I noticed that there was um, kind of a difference between the way that the men and the women treated practices because, you know, I don't think we're at the point yet where people are necessarily comfortable with being weak in public or being seen as weak. And it's something that came up in a podcast that I did last week with the Western Mustangs about Women in Sport Day. Um, you know, it's unfortunate that you could have a woman swimming just as well or just as successfully as a man, but the attention that she's given isn't the same because, you know, it's not as flashy or it's not as um, talked about in the media. Um, but, you know, at our level, we're all friends. We're supposed to support each other. You know, if someone's having a bad day, I think it's totally okay. And we should encourage them to, you know, be honest about it and say, you know, just because I'm a man and I'm having a bad day doesn't mean I should get in the way of someone else's training, you know, and um, one of my friends, she told me about how even if she's having a really good practice, but a man who's a teammate isn't feeling so well, they still won't give her the opportunity to lead the lane or to, you know, fully practice what she's there to do because they have this self-consciousness about how they will be perceived if they let a woman go in front of them when, you know, in swimming world, it's supposed to go fastest to slowest within a lane. So you don't, you know, swim on top of each other. Um, so that kind of thing, you know, not just racial differences, but any kind of identity that makes people feel like an outsider or that they're different, I think is something that we need to focus on and talk about. Um, and that's why in our EDI committee at school, we want to include anyone that you know, doesn't feel completely at home or doesn't feel comfortable with the group that they're in to share their experiences, to um, help be a part of this movement, to educate people, 
um, celebrate our differences without you know looking down on anyone and being open to having these conversations that are unknown. Um, so hopefully that is something that will improve after my time is over. <laughs> yeah, well, that obviously is a incredibly important area of focus and one that it sounds like you guys are really working on. So uh, Joan, we're not going to keep you any longer. We know you, you got to get that engineering degree, not a ton of free time, I'm sure. But thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to join us. Uh, we really appreciated having you on. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's great meeting you guys. And hopefully we'll see uh, more swimmers, more women, more people of color being, you know, following the footsteps of inspiring people who came before us. So thank you so much for, you know, allowing me to share my story and um, talk to you guys next time. <laughs> Sounds good. Thank you for sharing your story and for all the important work you're doing. Another big thank you to Joan for her time and for sharing her story and all the important work she is doing at Western. Yeah, that's great to see student athletes, as we've, I think, discussed a lot over the past few weeks, really being leaders in their community. It's always uh, really reassuring and inspiring to see. For sure. And I know that OUA action will be continuing this week. And I know that you will be keeping an especially close eye on this one, Griffin, because in men's basketball, it's the undefeated Ottawa GGs taking on the undefeated Carlton Ravens. So Battle of Ottawa to OUA basketball Titans. Uh, clashing this week. Yeah, Justine, we mentioned off the top, both of those men's teams undefeated so far this season. So one of them is going to have to lose. And then of course the women will be playing that same matchup as well, which is two great teams in their own right. So two phenomenal basketball games. I'm going to be glued to OUA.TV Friday night for those games. And your school is going to be playing a great game as well. So wherever you are in the province, make sure you check out OUA.TV to find all of the sports that you could ever hope to watch. And thank you so much again for tuning into this episode and we will chat with you next week.